states have enacted hundreds of abortion restrictions in the years since the Supreme Court decision in Roe v. Wade affirmed the constitutional right to abortion. But since the confirmation of Justice Brett Kavanaugh to the court, conservative state legislators have ramped up efforts to directly challenge Roe, hoping to give the court an opportunity to overturn or drastically undermine abortion rights. I'm Stephen Morrissey, Managing Editor of the New England Journal of Medicine, and I'm talking with Elizabeth Nash, Senior State Issues Manager at the Guttmacher Institute. Ms. Nash has written a prospective article about recent abortion-related legislation and the role of clinicians in supporting abortion rights. Ms. Nash, you write in your prospective article that state efforts to undermine abortion rights and access have been underway for decades and that nearly every state has at least one abortion restriction. So what kinds of laws have states passed over the years that make obtaining an abortion more difficult? First of all, thank you for having me. Yeah, when we're talking about abortion restrictions, we're talking about a whole gamut of the kinds of laws that states have put in place, including everything from sort of patient-specific laws around the types of counseling that providers have to provide. A lot of times that includes inaccurate or misleading information to waiting periods that can range from about a day to 72 hours to limits that bar abortion coverage in health plans, as well as limits and requirements on how young people, particularly those under 18, access abortion services. So those are the kinds of patient-specific restrictions. And then we also have restrictions on providers, so clinic regulations, how clinics operate from the physical plant size to staffing requirements and equipment standards, to who can provide an abortion. So many states limit abortion provision to physicians. A couple of states have tried to limit abortion provision to OBGYNs. So those are the kinds of restrictions we've been seeing over the past 46 years. And as states adopt one restriction or two restrictions, then it starts to become three, four, up to 10 or 15 or 20 restrictions you start to see how access gets squeezed and it's harder and harder to keep the clinic doors open and harder and harder for patients to even get to the clinic in the first place. In what ways did the confirmation of Justice Kavanaugh to the Supreme Court change the kinds of approaches that state legislators are taking to these abortion-related pieces of legislation? It's a bit like a dam breaking in the sense that we've seen these states pile on these restrictions over time. And all of these restrictions have really had the same goal as trying to ban abortion. But the idea was that if you pile on the restrictions and limit access, perhaps you're not going to end up in a court case. Well, now, with the appointment of Justice Kavanaugh, the U.S. Supreme Court has moved much further to the right and is generally unsupportive of abortion rights and much more supportive of limiting and banning abortion. So state legislators see this, they know this, and so what we've seen is just many states across the country looking to ban abortion this year, and they've banned it in a number of different ways. So we've seen like a total ban in Alabama become law, as well as six-week bans be enacted in a number of states and five other states. We've seen an eight-week ban in Missouri and two 18-week bans in Arkansas and Utah. And so that's a total of nine states looking to have some kind of gestational age ban. And that's just in the first six months of 2019. So how have legislators explained those laws, given that they clearly violate the Supreme Court rulings? 
Well, the idea is that the shift in the U.S. Supreme Court has really opened the door that if a state bans abortion, that it will kick off a court case that will then wind its way through the system and be appealed up to the Supreme Court, giving the Supreme Court the opportunity to undermine or even overturn abortion rights. And that's really the key here, right? People are thinking about not just banning abortion in their own state or limiting abortion by banning a certain method or something like that. They're looking at a nationwide strategy that gets this issue back before the Supreme Court. Do you expect any of these laws to take effect? Well, that's a million-dollar question. (laughs) Right now, none of them are in effect. They are all being challenged or the effective date hasn't happened and the, or the challenge hasn't happened yet. So what we're expecting right now are these challenges to work their way through the legal system. This will take a couple of years, maybe three years, four years, maybe only two. Sometimes these courts move fast and sometimes they move slowly. And so what we have to wait and see is how the court responds to these things. And in the meantime, the court has other cases that are coming to it. Right now, just this year, the court has declined to take two abortion cases, and there are two other cases that are awaiting for the court to decide whether or not to take them. A case out of Indiana that requires patients to make at least two trips to the clinic, one for the ultrasound, then the patient has to wait 18 hours before they can get the abortion, and the other one has to do with admitting privilege requirements in Louisiana, and that Louisiana law is very similar nearly identical to a law that was struck down by the U.S. Supreme Court in 2016. So we're already waiting to see how the court is going to approach abortion issues, but we will have to sort of wait and see what happens with these cases that are awaiting court action right now, coming down the pike before these abortion ban cases even get there, and then, of course, what will happen in two or three years when the abortion ban cases get there. But indications are that the court will undermine abortion rights because of the shift in the composition of the court itself. So we've been talking about a shift among state legislators on the issue of abortion rights and the fact that it's moving rightward. What about public opinion more generally? Has the public's view of abortion rights changed much in recent years? The short answer is no. The public has been surveyed time and again about how they feel on abortion. And those answers really haven't changed that much over the decades. You know, you really see well over 50% support for abortion rights in the public, sometimes really right around 70%. So these restrictions are really moving in the opposite direction of where the public is. And also, I would say that it's more in line with what we're seeing in some other states. So while we're seeing these restrictions and bans moving primarily in the South, the Plains, the Midwest, we're seeing some other states look to protect abortion rights. And those states are Illinois, Vermont, Rhode Island, and New York just this year. So while we haven't seen as many states move to protect abortion rights, certainly there is some momentum there in 2019. And so, and those states really seem to be much more in line with where the public is on abortion rights. Finally, how can physicians in states that have made obtaining an abortion more difficult best support their patients' access to care? What options do they have? So when we're thinking about what providers can do, the most immediate thing is that understanding that physicians and other medical providers do have a role to play. 
right? Medical care is really based on some core values, beneficence, justice, respect for autonomy, really thinking about the patient's rights to bodily autonomy and dignity and the ability to determine your own life and future, right? So in upholding all of these values, clinicians are thinking about how to provide informed consent, right? Ensuring that patients have information that they need to make the decisions about obtaining treatment, including abortion. And as we're seeing this erosion of abortion access, not just rights, but access, right? We're seeing the number of clinics decline. So we're seeing much more limited access, particularly in the states that are putting the restrictions on abortion, right? The South, the Plains, the Midwest. Then really medical professionals and physicians and others can you know, mitigate that harm by supporting patients in getting access to abortion care when they need it. Either some people provide these services, but for others that don't, thinking about how to connect patients to information and services. You know, so going a little bit beyond what is there in informed consent and being there for the patients when they need it. Thank you, Ms. Nash.